Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, where I learn how to be an overcomer. There are answers. There is a way through. There is a way out, and faith is how you find it. Get your Bible, something to make a note with. Come on into the classroom with us today and let's release faith to find it. Father, all of us are so thankful for every, th every prayer you've already answered, every need you've already met, everything you've already brought us through. Had it not been for the Lord, we wouldn't still be here. We'd have fallen and perished many times. But you have kept us and you have brought us this far and we're confident you can get us the rest of the way. And so we ask for the utterance today and for the answers and direction and help. Open our eyes. Help us to see you and truth and the difference between that and error and right and wrong and good and evil. And to learn and know your ways, your good ways. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Look again in Hebrews 3. Hebrews 3 and 7. We've been talking about overcoming unbelief in this series. And we're well into it. If you want to uh, find the beginning of it and catch up, you can go to faithschool.org and look at the series Overcoming Unbelief, and you can start from the beginning. But our text says, verse 7, as the Holy Spirit says, today if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Everybody say it out loud. Harden, harden not your hearts. Uh, he said, verse uh, 10, I was grieved with that generation. I said, they always err in their heart. They've not known my ways. Verse 12, take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief and departing from the living God. Exhort one another daily while it's called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we're made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. While it said today... If you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation. Verse 19 says, we see they could not enter in, talking about to the promised land, because of unbelief. So we've seen through this study, unbelief is absolutely an evil thief. It robbed them of a blessed life. And it, it can even rob people of heaven, rob people of eternal life. We've said it's about the worst condition a human being could be in. And it's not that you can't help it. It's always a choice whether you believe or whether you don't. So we've been studying this to learn and identify uh, these characteristics of unbelief so that we don't ignorantly, foolishly yield to it and not even realize what we're doing. 
So we, that's why we're taking time going through all these cases. And I know it's not all of it's, you know, fun and exciting to see how bad they messed up. But there's something better than learning from your mistakes. Right? Learning from somebody else's mistakes and not making them. Avoid it. We do not want to be robbed like they were robbed. And that's not just my theorizing. Can you see he kept saying, take, you take heed, brethren, lest this happen to you. So also we see it in 1 Corinthians 10, the same thing. He's, these things are examples for you. Uh, the Bible gives us both. Examples of faith and obedience. And we spent months in Hebrews 11 talking about those. But also it gives us examples of unbelief and failure, what not to do. And the more familiar we are with that, then we'd recognize those symptoms in our own life. And instead of just yielding to them, we say, oh, no, uh-uh, I know what this is. I am not doing this. And you resist it and overcome it. Hence, overcoming <laughs> unbelief. Go to Numbers, if you would. The 16th chapter, and let's look at the 11th event of their unbelief. And this was a full-blown movement of rebellion to remove and replace their God-given leadership. Now you'll find, like we said earlier, this is always the enemy's tactic and effort. Now he's, he's subtle about it. He's not obvious. But he is always, every day of your life, trying to remove and replace God in your life. His presence, prayer, His Word. I mean, haven't you seen that in the country, in the world? The enemy removing God. Is that right? Take God out of the government. Take God out of the school. Take God out of this. Take God out of entertainment. Take God. And what? And then what? Replace it. With what? Huh? Something bad. Something from the enemy. Something that's a lie. Something that steals, kills, and destroys. Remove and replace. So he can still kill and destroy. But thank God the scripture says we're not ignorant. Amen. Of the enemy's devices. So we're not going to let anybody. Or anything. Take God away from us. Or replace him with something else. And you see. Uh, the thing that was directly connected with this. Were the men. The people. God chose. Um, leaders. And ministers. And all these kind of things. With the church and the things of God. They're people like you, and they don't know everything, and, and they've made mistakes, and, and they're capable of making mistakes. And you can't value or even completely agree with everything that every uh, Christian leader, pastor might say or do. They could make a mistake, and you got the Holy Spirit, but you must respect the place or else you disrespect God's choice. And everybody, even though we are equally loved of God, have equal rights to salvation and the Spirit and healing and answered prayer, we don't all have the same place in the kingdom, in the body. How many remember passages like 1 Corinthians that says, God has set in the church? 
first apostles, secondarily prophets. Is that right? And he goes down. What does it mean, first, second, set in the church? Then he says, are all apostles? What's the answer? No. So we see this, this same kind of defiant questioning about everybody's holy. All the people are holy and the Lord's among us. This is actually devilish language, devilish talk. And you, be, you can begin to see how subtle he is, how tricky he is. Because have, have you remembered the devil quotes scriptures? Did he quote scriptures to Jesus? Yes. Does he talk about God? Yes. Oh yeah. See, he, he, is, he doesn't come obviously. The scripture says that the enemy himself and his representatives are transformed into angels of light. He never comes to you as the devil. That's too easy. <laughs> right? That's too obvious. His faith, the enemy and his representatives, they, they always try to fool you that they are from God. That's the danger. Now let's read this and you'll see more what we're talking about. Chapter 16, Korah, Dathan, Abiram, On, they took men, they rose up before Moses with 250 princes of the assembly, famous in the congregation, men of renown, and they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron. And they said, you take too much on you, seeing all the congregation are holy. One translation said that like this, enough of you. Or they said, we've had it with you, Moses. We've had it with you, Aaron. You think you're so spiritual. You think you're so holy. You think you got a direct hotline to God. Well, guess what? <laughs> God did talk directly to him. Is that right? Who put you in charge? God. Is that right? But see, and here, here's, here's something that's baffling almost. And it even gets more so into this passage. Uh, had, they, had these people seen anything? Had they seen any miracles? They saw 10 major signs and wonders in Egypt before they ever left there. What have they seen since they left there? Red Sea, split, close over the enemy, bitter waters made sweet, drinkable, manna falling out of the sky, water gushing out of a rock. Have they seen anything? Have they experienced anything? Do they really believe Moses and Aaron just made this happen off the top of their head? Do they really believe they're not sent from God? They could do all these things without God in their own power? How do you come to believe such stuff? How, how, how do you become so blind, so deceived? Well, what did we just get through reading in our text? Harden, don't, don't harden your heart. Through the deceitfulness of sin, sin is error. Sin is transgressing a command. Sin is violating light. Even if you know to do good and don't do it. Right? And definitely that's what they're doing. It makes you dumb. It, it does. It, it blinds you to where something that should be obvious to you, 
you have lost touch with reality. So now they're into this big movement. What? Get rid of Moses. Huh? That had never, never been free from slavery if it wasn't for God sending Moses. Is that right? They would never have experienced all these signs and wonders and miracles. Never, never. And yet, somehow or another, they have forgotten all that. They don't make the connection. No, we got to get rid of them. We got to get rid of them. And so they, they, they formed this major uprising, 250 princes led by Korah and these men. And their challenge is, you think you are above us. You, you take too much on you. And we've had enough of you. Because all the people are holy. And, and, and God's in our midst. Have you ever heard talk like that? We all have the Spirit. We all know God. We should all just do things equally, together. Ever so often I hear that about churches. That churches are going to just be run completely democratically. That we will all, you know. My father in the faith used to say this, Kenneth Hagin. He said, anything with more than one head is a freak. <laughs> yeah, if you see a body that has multiple heads, you're going to go, oh, Something's wrong there. Is that right? <laughs> it's true with a body. It's true with a family. It's true with the church. It's true with the business. Right? People, you know, they get upset sometimes because leaders and, and CEOs get paid a lot of money that founded the country and found the company and built the company. Uh, and they're like, well, you know, everybody's equal. Well, why didn't everybody start a company? Right? Why didn't everybody build it up and become successful? No, it ain't all the same. It's not all the same. And when you're talking about the things of God, even though somebody's just as human as you are, if God chose them, they have an anointing you don't have. Hmm? That they didn't give to themselves. And they have graces. And they have, you know, a directive that came from Him. And, and though you may not be able to respect everything a flesh and blood person says and does, you don't want to make too much out of flesh. I'm not saying that. You must, though, make a big deal out of God's choice. Amen. Right? Yes. Elsewise, you don't respect God. And that's why you show respect. Does the scripture talk about honoring those? Yes. Right? Honoring those that have the rule over you and even submitting yourself to the. These are New Testament scriptures. And even those showing them double honor and those kind of things. Why? It's not just about making too much of a man or a woman. It's about making a big deal. God chose them. Is that right? He chose them and he anointed them and called them, equipped them. And he did it for your benefit. Their gifts. Was Moses and Aaron gifts to them that have been gone long ago if it wasn't for them? And here, because of the deception of the enemy and their hardness of heart, they want to get rid of the one thing that's standing between them and total annihilation. Now, is this stupidity? <laughs> and why are we studying it? So that we never, <laughs> we never act so dumb. Keep reading. When Moses heard it, he fell on his face. 
If you skip back just a couple of chapters to the twelfth chapter, it said, Now the man Moses was meek or more meek than any man on the face of the earth. He is the, they are accusing him of being arrogant and putting himself over the people. What's the truth? They are the usurpers. They are the arrogant ones. And this is a real lesson to learn. Hold your place here and look in Romans, the second chapter. And you'll see this. This is something to keep in mind when you're hearing things, seeing things unfold. Romans 2, verse 1, it says, Wherefore you are inexcusable, O man, whoever you are that judges. Are they judging Moses and Aaron? Yeah, they are. They're judging them as proud and arrogant. They're judging them as, you know, putting themselves forward and having selfish, ulterior, I got to be in charge, take over everything motives. They're judging them of that. And what's the truth? Keep reading. For wherein you judge another, you condemn yourself. For you that judges... Do the same things. What They're hollering, you're arrogant. You just want to take over. What's the truth? They're arrogant. <laughs> they just want to take over. <laughs> and you see the deception of the enemy. That's the way he is. He will point a finger at somebody else for what he is. And what he has done and people that are listening to him and yielding to him, that's what they do. That's what they do. They, they accuse when they're doing the very same thing. Now look with me back in Numbers. Keep reading. In verse 8, Moses said to Korah, Here I pray you, you sons of Levi, seemeth it but a small thing to you? That the God of Israel has separated you from the congregation of Israel to bring you near to himself to do the service of the tabernacle of the Lord and to stand before the congregation to minister to them. And he has brought you near to him and all your brethren, the sons of Levi, with you. And seek ye the priesthood also? For which cause both you and all this company are gathered together against the Lord. He said, that's why you're doing this. You're not satisfied with what God gave you. You want, you want the priesthood. They're, they're saying, well, all the people are holy. And this is, this is always the language of socialism, of communism. Everybody's equal. And everybody's the same. Yeah, they're planning on taking over. And it ain't going to be equal. They're liars. That's the devil. He's a thief. And a liar and a deceiver. And he said, he, he told off on them in front of the whole congregation. He said, this is, what, this is what's going on. You're after the priesthood. This is the same junk that the devil did. Lucifer was made a beautiful, amazing, gifted, talented being. But wasn't enough for him. He said, no, I will exalt my throne. I will be like the most high. See, he's trying to use faith principles. 
and speaking words and releasing power to usurp and rebel against God. God said, you'll be brought down to hell. And so this, this defiance, this wanting to take over, this controlling everything, that's the enemy. That's the devil. 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 reveals he is right now currently the God of this world. That's why he's, when he showed Jesus all the uh, kingdoms of the world, and he said, all this has been handed over to me. It's been delivered to me. Who gave it to him? Man. Adam and Eve. And human beings since then. That's why it's such a great sin. God didn't create the earth for the devil and his bunch. He gave it to Adam. He gave it to Eve. But they didn't listen. And every human being since then has sinned and come short except for Jesus, the Master, our Savior. But he said, uh, is it a small thing? See, again, characteristic of unbelief is that it is disrespectful and unthankful. They, he said, God has called you and your family close to him. You get to handle the holy things of the tabernacle. You get to do the sacrifices. You get this. Only you. Only the Levites could do that. Nobody else could do that. Nobody was allowed. And that's what this whole thing is begin to, going to begin to uncover. And then the priests, though, had a place over them. And that's what they didn't like. And Aaron and then his sons were the priests. And really, the Levites... Their helps ministry to Aaron and to the priests. And what they're trying to do is they don't want to be helps ministry anymore. They want to take it over. They want to, they want to do what the priests do. They want to be in charge, but they're not called to do that. They're not anointed to do that. And they don't realize it. They can't do that. But because of their defiance and rebellion, Here's what the Lord told Moses to do with them. Back up then to verse 4. Moses heard it. He fell on his face. And he spoke to Korah and all his company and said, Well, tomorrow, even tomorrow, how many know that's not long off? The Lord is going to show who is his and who is holy. You know, that's always what you want to do. Don't defend yourself. Let the Lord do it. Again, we're back to faith, right? Trust him to defend you and take care of you. He said, vengeance is mine, the Lord said. I will repay. Don't do it. Don't try to do it yourself. You wind up, again, you, wind, you judge them and try to make them pay what's going to happen. You're going to get judged. And you're going to have to pay. He said, uh, the Lord will cause him to come near to him. Even him whom he has chosen, he'll cause to come near. This is what you do. Korah and all his company take you censers, put fire on them, and put incense in them before the Lord tomorrow, and it'll be the man whom the Lord does choose. He will be holy. You take too much on you, you sons of Levi. That's what they said to him. Now, what's he telling them to do? You want to be priests? Only the priests could offer the incense. Everybody knew that. And uh, this is not something that was a, a foreign thought 
there's experience in this very thing prior. Let me see if I can find that. Um, there had already been those who tried to uh, do that. Go back to Leviticus, the 10th chapter, if you would. Leviticus 10. He said, take everybody, you know, tomorrow, show up, bring you a censer, put incense. Only the priests were supposed to do this. Only. He said, but you do it. Why? Because he, he perceived by the Spirit of God, they're trying to take the priesthood. They're, just, they're trying to take over. And in Leviticus 10, when fire fell from God and consumed the sacrifices, right after that, Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron. Now these are priests. They took them censers and put fire and put incense and offered strange fire before the Lord, which he commanded them not. He didn't tell them to do this. This is something they just came up with on their own because they wanted to exploit the moment. Fire had fallen, so now they want to jump out with their little censers in fire and act like they had something to do with the fire falling. Well, then some more fire came out and devoured them, and they died before the Lord. Now, the whole congregation knew this. I mean, how could you miss it? It's like lightning plasma came out of the sky, and they were disintegrated. And next thing you know, the metal parts were just spinning on the ground, laying there. And so Moses said, okay, we're going to let God show who he wants. So you get you some censors, what, like, like Nadab and Abihu, and you show up tomorrow and you bring it. And here's what you just shake your head thinking. They said, that's what we'll do. We're going to do it. We're going to show up. And they all showed up the next morning with their little censors in the fire. And you're thinking, surely nobody's this stupid, right? <laughs> Somebody said, what happened after that? You have to come back next week because we're out of <laughs> We're out of time <laughs> for today. Everybody said out loud, I live by faith. I walk by faith. I overcome the world by faith. I am strong in faith, giving glory to God, and I will not be this stupid. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> we'll see you again soon back here in Faith School. I've really enjoyed being with you again this week in Faith School. I, I sense that we're making progress. We're growing. I always like to thank all of our partners for uh, praying for us, believing, believing with us, sowing into us. I know a number of you are partners. And uh, we're talking about today that unbelief is unthankful and disrespectful. Well, faith's the opposite. Faith is respectful and thankful, and that's true where your finances are concerned. The Lord said, those that honor me, I will honor. And he said, honor the Lord with your substance and the first fruits of all your increase, and your barns will be filled with plenty. So it's very important, anytime you're giving, you're sowing, you don't just do it in a, you know, a routine way, but you say, I, I value this. I want this to go. I'm sowing good seed into good ground. And then you believe for abundant harvest because when you honor him, he will honor you. Lord, I pray over all of our partners today and I thank you for them. And because they've sown into us, I have every right to believe with them and speak over those things. And I say, be increased, be enlarged, be empowered to succeed. 
they've honored you, and I thank you, Lord, for honoring them with favor and blessings and deals and help in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Well, we love you, believing with you, believing for you. We'll see you soon back here in Faith School. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.